This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. Poor stay poor, the rich get rich, that's how it goes. Everybody knows. Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Everybody knows that the day Sunday, August 29, Everybody 2010. How does your garden grow? Or how did it grow? We um, we pulled off a couple of bowlfuls of uh, grape tomatoes. I don't know if you uh, if, if you've actually tried grape tomatoes, not cherry tomatoes. Actually, they're 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 shaped like a grape, and they are right off the vine. My lord, it's nature's candy. It's true. Uh, we had the uh, the uh, the twins, North and Zach, down at the Winona Peach Festival. The first time I've been down there. Wow. It's, it's just, I mean, they don't charge admission. The, the, the kiddie rides are fantastic. The, the concessions are wonderful. What a great time. And, uh, but we decided we weren't going to pay for $10, uh, $10 for parking. So my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law live up uh, the other end of uh, Winona Road. So we parked up there. But first I dropped the Mighty Aphrodite and the boys at the, right at the gates into the Peach Festival. And they had a wagon, so the mighty Aphrodite is uh, carting them around, and they had their first roller coaster ride. Keeping in mind, it's a you know for kiddies, Go Gator, I think was this. They were thrilled. So I uh, I walk about fifteen twenty minutes down Winona Road and across Barton to the uh, the festival. It took me about forty minutes to actually find find them. I'm trying to figure out now where would she take them. First I hit the ponies; they weren't there, and uh, then. I heard children's music. I wandered all over the place. Finally, I found him at the Go Gator Go, the little uh, uh, roller coaster. Anyway, we were there until about 6 o'clock. Time to take them home so that the, uh, the boys pile into the wagon because they're tired. It was hot. And uh, I, uh, I, uh, I pulled them all the way uh, along Barton Street and all the way up Winona. And it's a big hill. 
you get up to the top and there's these tracks and you go back down and up again. My arm felt like it was going to fall off the, out of the socket and at any moment. So I finally, and then I'm pulling them, the, uh, the street that they live on happens to be a gravel road. Have you ever tried to pull a wagon with plastic wheels over gravel? I tell you, it's slow going. So I finally turn the corner and pull the wagon and these kids, and man, my shoulder is killing me. We get to the front door and uh, the boys uh, bounce out and say, boy, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. No, no, not when you're lying there like, you know, Caligula, uh, you know, eating grapes while dad's doing all the heavy, uh, the heavy uh, pulling. No matter. Good time. All right. Tonight we are going to talk uh, with a very interesting gentleman. He's a specialist in the field of something called reverse speech. Have you heard of this? It's, well, he describes it as a covert level of communication that's automatically generated by the brain when we speak. It can be heard uh, when, when human speech is recorded and played backward. You know, like all the back masking uh, recordings on those Led Zeppelin albums. And it, uh, it operates in unison with forward speech. It's complementary to it. In other words, the content and context of the reversal relates to the forward speech, which, which makes it even more interesting. Because, you know, I suppose if you, if you played uh, enough speech forward, eventually, eventually you might find something in the backward speech that makes sense. But the fact that it relates in content and context to the forward speech, the back speech, the, 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 the reverse speech, that to me is absolutely compelling evidence that this is for real. Wayne Nicholson is a certified reverse speech practitioner and hypnotherapist. He's always been fascinated with the link between language, perception, and reality, and he found that the way we use language directly affects the way we perceive reality, which in turn affects the way the world responds to us. So let's dive in and find out about this hidden language, reverse speech. Wayne Nicholson, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Well, I'm fine, Richard. It's nice to hear you again. It has been a now while. I have to ask the, the, the mighty Aphrodite. <laughs> yes. You married a goddess? She is indeed. She is indeed. All right. I married a Colleen, a nice Irish lass. <laughs> a goddess, a Celtic goddess. That's right. You know, we spent a week in your lovely country. Oh, uh, just recently for the Glengarry Highland Games. And where was that? Up in where was that? Up in uh, Maxville. Maxville in Ontario. So I got my uh, bagpipe fix. <laughs> Good for you. All right. <laughs> All right, Wayne. What is uh, for those? Uh, I mean, I I gave a a brief introduction to reverse speech, but what is it uh, really? I mean, how? Let me ask you this first. Who discovered this? And, and under what circumstances? I mean, did, did they stumble onto this? Was it accidental? Yes. David John Oates discovered it in Australia. And uh, at the time, he was a counselor for, um, for teens. And this was back in the era, this might, might have been before your time, I'm not sure. But back in the days when, um, when all of that bas backward masking was going on with the Beatles and with some of the other bands. And... Um, he lived in a, an area where uh, it was a very conservative religious area, and the, uh, the preachers were all condemning um, rock and roll because when you play it backwards, you can hear the voice of the devil. 
So his, some of his students came up to him. They were quite concerned about this. So um, he agreed to take a look at it and listen to it. And he was able to see that, yeah, there was indeed these messages were there, but he also discovered that there were messages that were unintentional, that were just a natural result of forward speech. Right, right. Yes, because if you and plan would, it, if you plan it when you're speaking forward, you could say something deliberately in, a, in forward speech that you know is going to to produce something in backward speech, and I guess. Led Zeppelin and the Beatles all did this sort of intentionally, just to add to the intrigue and everything. Yeah, and it, and that's easy to identify because if you play those, um, they appear um, backward in the music. Right. And then when you play it, when you reverse it, it appears forward. A reverse speech is really a, a natural function of speaking. And um, the theory is, is that forward speech is an expression of our conscious mind. Speech reversals or reverse speech is an expression of the subconscious mind. So, as a therapist, my aim is to discuss with the client what their goals are, and then um, through analyzing their speech, we can identify speech reversals that are incongruent, meaning that the subconscious mind is working against the conscious mind. So we want to have them working together in harmony. And that's, that sounds the like a... The behind the therapy. That sounds, when you say incongruent, it sounds like a polite way of saying we say something forward, but uh, when, when it's played in reverse, it actually, our, our, the, the true intent is, is coming through. In other words, uh, it can reveal a lie. It can reveal a lie, yes. Um, However, an incongruent speech reversal does not mean all of the time that people are lying because we lie to ourselves all the time. And we're not always aware of our own subconscious desires and motivations. So um, I'm sometimes hesitant to accuse somebody of lying just because the speech reversal is incongruent. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, I mean, we, we in our conscious mind, we actually may truly believe we're saying we're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as opposed to a deliberate lie, when uh, we always use the, the the example of the politician who says, "I will not raise taxes," but the ba- and he knows he intends on raising species, right. uh, taxes, okay. and his yeah. backward speech reveals that reveals that truth. But many many people dismiss this as a science. What is their problem, the skeptic's problem with reverse speech? Why don't they buy into it? What is their main argument? Well, their main argument is that um, you can doctor the evidence, that you can edit the audio and make people say anything in reverse. And certainly, you can do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't say that you can't. Um, but when you have a reverse speech practitioner, it's very easy to tell when something's been doctored or has not been doctored. And, true uh, enough, true enough. And as I said, the speech reversals will generally directly relate to what the forward conversation is. Yeah, that, to me, is the most compelling evidence that, uh, as I said, you could play forward speech uh, and record it, and, and eventually you might come up with something in backward speech that may, or reverse speech that makes sense. 
But when the reverse speech relates, as you say, in content and context to the forward speech, that to me, again, is very compelling evidence. We have, you have uh, been good enough, Wayne, to send us uh, several dozen examples. And when we come back, we'll take a time out. When we come back, I want to talk to you briefly about uh, what you've learned about uh, uh, babies and uh, toddlers and, and reverse speech, and then we'll play some examples. This, I think, is going to be fascinating. The Conspiracy Show, along with reverse speech specialist Wayne Nicholson. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Would you believe there are secret messages embedded in your own words? We're talking about reverse speech, perhaps a window to your subconscious mind. Wayne Nicholson is a specialist in the field of reverse speech, and uh, his website is thehiddenlanguage.com, www.thehiddenlanguage.com. Children speak in reverse, uh, Wayne. This I find very fascinating. And uh, you point out on your website, the pioneer you mentioned, David John Oates, demonstrated children actually begin forming meaningful phrases in reverse before they learn to speak forward. I find this unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Well, the theory is, first of all, um, children, um, infants, start to exhibit reverse speech at around six months. Before six months, you really don't hear a lot of it. But at that point, it seems to start to develop. And uh, the belief is that um, the subconscious mind develops speech patterns before the conscious mind catches up. And these are revealed through the speech reversals. And often, as you point out, these children, even before they learn to speak forward, actually reveal sort of a wisdom and an understanding beyond their years in reverse. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? it it's, it's mind-blowing, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, why yeah. don't we play, we, uh, play some examples here? And uh, this one is a, um, a, t- a toddler that wants to kiss his infant sister. So we'll play it in... in forward, and then we'll play it in reverse speech. All righty. There you go. So the, the, uh, the reverse speech was played uh, three times and then slowed down, and I kissed it. So this is a, a toddler that actually is able to speak. Uh, right. and said, I want to kiss her, I think I can kiss her, and then the reverse speech is, and I kissed it. Yeah, and that's a congruent reversal. A congruent reversal, right. Yeah. So again, uh, uh, the the forward speech and the backward speech both relate to each other. Uh, and, and later we'll actually hear examples of a child that can't speak beyond sort of the, the uh, you know, the... the the Google Gaga type stage, and yet right. there are messages revealed in the reverse speech. Right. Let's play another one. And this oh. next one is interesting because the forward speech, even though it's a toddler, the forward speech to me is sort of unintelligible anyway. 
Okay, but the so, reverse speech is quite clear. So this is a, a, a toddler. Again, the forward speech, unintelligible, speaking to the mother, and then we'll hear the reverse speech. <laughs> I like the camera on my face. Did you get that, Dan? Do you know what he said backwards? L love you. That's right. Love right. you. Right. So they're enjoying a conversation together? Yes. You know, I'm, I'm assuming in the kitchen or something. And um, the, the, the child really identifies the whole relationship right there. I'll say. And uh, as you say, unintelligible, quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> the forward speech. Okay, let's let's uh, let's do another one here. This is number three. This is a a, a little uh, a boy. He's talking about spiders in his school during uh, construction. I guess they're building the school, and uh, there are spiders around, and he, obviously mm -hmm. he's not happy about that. So let's hear. Right. To that big um, construction, and then there's no spiders. There. That sounds kind of creepy when you slow it down, but uh, yeah, the little guy, the little guy is saying, "Hurt them, hurt yeah. them." Understandably. Yeah. <laughs> now, Wayne, do you have any theories as to why this works the way it does? I mean, it, uh, obviously, the human brain is a supercomputer beyond our understanding. But mm -hmm. I mean, is there anything? Do you think on the, on the supernatural order going on here? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you're a religious man, but uh... well, I, I, well, I, I believe everything is spiritual, frankly. Mm -hmm. And um, this is an expression. There are different levels of speech reversals, and of course, um, we get into some that are a little more metaphorical later on. But um, the first level of speech reversals. Um, more or less just represent the basic subconscious statement. But there's a higher level of speech reversals where they get these reversals become very spiritual and they're really an expression of, I think, the inner being or soul. Hmm. I don't know if this has ever been attempted, but there are certain uh, religious denominations, I mean, Christian denominations that speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. Has anyone ever attempted to analyze the reverse speech of someone speaking in tongues? You know, I don't know about that, but I had a client who, um, I don't know if you would call it speaking in tongues. I've run actually into two different people that do this. They have this spontaneous language. They just start talking. Mm -hmm. And they know what they're saying, or at least the gist of it, but they both claim that it comes from another source. And it, it really does sound just like gibberish. But uh, we did speech reversal sessions, and uh, they were clear speech reversals. My word, my word. And that's unusual, because generally, of course, there are uh, reverse speech um, investigators and practitioners worldwide and who work. There are people in Japan, there are people in Germany, so it's not just the English language. And if you have someone who is bilingual speaking, the speech reversal will uh, reflect the language that they're thinking in. Oh, my Lord. This is... So you have somebody speaking, you know, have, uh, you might have a Hispanic client speaking in English, but speech reversals will come out in Spanish. 
Stunning. Absolutely yeah. stunning. Now, you're a hypnotherapist. What is the I connection am. between the, the study of reverse speech and hypnotherapy, or is there one? Well, oh, yes, there is. In reverse speech, we have a process called the meta walk. And uh, basically, in, in a meta walk session, you, um, you have your discussion with someone, and that generates speech reversals. And we document and transcribe them. We discuss them. And uh, it's a more lengthy process or a number of sessions that you go through. But uh, what you do is then you create a trance session, a hypnotic session for the client that uses the imagery provided by their speech reversals. So here's the difference. Um, in general hypnosis, when people come to me, we'll talk, we'll talk about their situation and whatever, and I try to incorporate imagery that I think will be acceptable to them based on their interests and their personality and whatnot. But it's me making those decisions. The meta walk process, all I have to do is use the imagery that their subconscious mind already provides. And there's, there's something called, um, it's uh, a subconscious command. They'll mm-hmm. actually, in reverse speech, they'll actually tell me use this image, you know, make me do this, let me see this. So we're using imagery that's generated by their own subconscious mind, and it's a very, very powerful hypnotic session. Uh, If this, you you mentioned the reverse speech incongruence, and if, in, in fact, it does reveal that the person speaking in in forward speeches is being less than truthful, Mm -hmm. are there... I mean, are they prepared in court, for example, to hear this kind of evidence? I mean, is it as good as a lie detector? Could it be? Could it replace a lie detector? It's it's not accepted. It's actually um, to the practitioner, it's better than a lie detector because a speech reversal can actually, rather than just say this statement's true or false, the speech reversals can actually add information to the investigation, and we have an example of that here. All right. If you're going to use that, and um, however, it's not. Uh, I, I've worked on a court case. However, the judge—they bring you in as uh, you're one of many experts. Uh, reverse speech is not accepted enough to really sway the jury. Let's say. All right. Um, the... but it's very useful to the. Uh, to the lawyers and the investigators because they can get additional information. I, I do want to continue on with some of the uh, the babies and children and their yeah. reverse speech here. Why don't we take a quick time out? We'll come back. And uh, I want to c- play a couple of examples of, uh, of babies that um, actually can't speak forward yet. These are, these are babies, small, small children, right. and yet their reverse speech reveals something. Uh, back with more of The Conspiracy Show as we discuss reverse speech with Wayne Nicholson. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Your portal to The Conspiracy Show online, www.richardserrett.com, richardserrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T, dot com, and there you'll find... Information on upcoming shows and uh, links uh, to uh, guests' websites. Uh, For example, today we have Wayne Nicholson on the program. If you click on Wayne's name on the homepage, that'll take you 
right to thehiddenlanguage.com. And there's also a past show uh, section where you can uh, listen to previous shows, a secret documents page, and if you want to check out uh, and, 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 and read the, uh, the bios of our regular contributors, there's a regular contributor page, and on and on it goes. And also, of course, you can follow me on Twitter and uh, Facebook. And the uh, Facebook page, I believe, is Fans of the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, back to reverse speech. Now, we mentioned uh, that, that children, even before they can speak, actually have messages embedded in their sort of their babbling and, and so forth. Uh, let's check out this one. This is uh, clip number six, uh, Dan. Now, that was a, a baby, actually, that uh, was just crying. The parent right. ducked out of view, and the baby started to cry. And as we right. played it back, uh, I can't find you in reverse speech. Right. So even if you're not actually speaking words, just your th- this child's plaintive cries, there's a reverse speech uh, uh, there. Yeah, because speech reversals aren't created by the words themselves. They're created more by the, the the stutters, the stops and starts, the the, the hesitations, all those little embellishments that, that are part of our language. Those are what create these speech reversals. And uh, speech reversals are most easy to find during an emotional expression. Interesting. So it has nothing to do with uh, your inflection. It has nothing to do with the um, sort of the tempo in which you speak, whether it's rapid uh, or slow and deliberate, or there's a lot of pausing, nothing like no, that? No, um, inflection, I think, yes, but um, the tempo, not so much, really. And, and I don't think we have examples of it here, but some, the, some speech reversals, the forward speech can be fairly slow. The speech reversal will be quick, and I can't understand can't explain that, frankly. <laughs> if I were to speak nonstop for two hours, what percentage mm-hmm. of my forward speech would actually reveal reverse speech? Speech reversals occur about once every 15 to 30 seconds. That's every, average. 15 to 30 seconds. Any idea but they why? they appear in clusters, so you may, go, you may go two minutes with no speech reversals, and then the next 15 seconds we'll have three, and some of the reversals are, can be quite long. And others are short, like the examples we've had here. All right, let's uh, move on to another one and uh, another baby crying. This is track seven, Dan. Now, that was kind of an interesting one. It was difficult to hear in reverse speech because the cry was sort of over top, but underneath it, underneath it, we sort of hear, uh, well, stop it, stop it. Now, I wouldn't have been able to, t- to tell what the, the, the baby was saying. I mean, how, what, what are the protocols that you use in order to determine? I mean, did, did the three or four people have to hear the same thing in order for you to say this is def- definitely what was being said? No, there's there's a there's a, a protocol that you use, and it has to do with um, it has to do with sentence structure. It has to do with um, 
are, are the consonants and vowels in the proper places? Is there slurring? It has to be a clear reversal. Okay. Can we play that one again? Because I, uh, I want to see if I can hear it. I, I really, quite honestly, I couldn't hear stop it, stop it in the reverse. But let's hear it again. Okay. It's quick. I, underneath, you can hear it. Yeah, that one it almost sounds like an EVP. Yes, you're right. You know, the whole tone is a little surreal. Mm. Amazing. Stop it, stop it. Now this one, is this your daughter we're going to hear next? Well, uh, which one? Uh, it's, uh, it says you eight? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, my daughter, I was, you know, proud father. My daughter was uh, three years old. My wife was taking pictures with a new, our, our first camcorder we ever had. And um, Allison, and she was talking, Colleen was talking. And uh, Allison pointed to the camera and said, tell them, tell them. Now, I thought that was pretty clever for her to understand that the camera meant that there was an audience that you could address. Right. But her speech reversal, I found even more amazing. Memories, memories. So a three-year-old talking to the camera saying, tell them, tell them, the reverse speech is memories, memories. So I think she understood, at least subconsciously, that the camcorder was able to store memories for future viewing. What else could it be? Yeah. Memories, memories. I mean, that's a, that's a, an, a, that's a very abstract concept for that's a three-year-old. Right. My daughter's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Now listen, um we're going to we're going to get into some of the 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 politicians uh uh coming up next. We have uh, President uh, Barack Obama. Uh do you find consistently that certain uh politicians are um I don't know what how to how to say the delicate say this delicately. In, yes, have a greater a chance of incongruence uh, in the reverse speech than others. Or? I, I do, and you know, you, you remember I said earlier, I, I hesitate to condemn someone as a liar based on a few speech con- reversals. However, when you examine a lot of speech reversals for politicians, and you find that they are consistently incongruent, then you know that there's a problem. Okay, uh, well. President Barack Obama, without uh, you know disparaging his uh, his character, is he is he, are his speeches full of incongruencies, generally, or not? Generally, no. I would uh, you know, generally no. That's been my experience. Well, that's it. good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, there's you know, as he's a politician, so <laughs> there is some sleight of hand. But in general, you don't have. I, I haven't found a lot of latent in Congress reversals. They're there, though. What else do you, uh, what else do you, uh, what else are you able to identify uh, rather than just incongruences uh, when someone, let's say a politician speaks forward and backwards uh, Mm -hmm. in the reverse speech, what else does it reveal about them? Well, it can reveal their level of awareness. It can reveal whether or not they they have a spiritual foundation. It can reveal um, integrity. You know, um, are they intending to tell the truth? 
Or, you know, at, at times you'll have a politician who's clearly not telling the truth based on the speech reversals. But you can tell that they want to tell the truth. But their situation is such that they can't. Interesting. So you, you can really... Um, before I vote, I do speech reversals. Oh, is that right? Absolutely. You see, that's... And I voted all over the map. I voted all the, all the various parties and... Um, it really depends on the individual. Well, we'd all like to have that uh, resource, I think, at our beck and call. Uh, here's uh, President Barack Obama, and this one is, is Cut 12. He's talking about uh, Senator Tom Daschle's tax problems, and yeah. let's hear that, Dan 12. Well, I think what happened was that Tom made an assessment that uh, having made a mistake on his taxes that he took responsibility for. My Master the soul. Master the soul. Master the soul. That's kind of uh, kind of abstract. What what is he saying there? Do you think it is? And this is um, this is an indication. This is an example where the president is, uh, I believe, tapping into his higher being. When you have an expression like this, uh, it, it does tend to be a little meta- metaphorical, a, l- a little less specific. But it also can be a reflection that, you know, he admitted that uh, there was a problem with, with uh, Mr. Daschle. And um, it, it appears to me, at least, that his, his inner being recognizes this as a challenge to the individual. And this is something they need to master. So you can look at, uh, really, for all of us, uh, when we make mistakes, it's a learning curve. Let's hear another one from uh, President Obama, and uh, this is uh, track 13. It has to do with uh, Iran. Uh, We should take an approach with Iran that employs all of the resources at the United States' disposal, and that includes diplomacy. The law. Silt me. The law. Silt me. The law. Silt me. The law sells me. Again, um, perhaps metaphorical, but rather vague. What is he? What is he talking about? With a, well, with a... I, I believe he, when he was making that statement, he he was feeling that the law is on his side. The law sells me. Supports him. It's selling his point of view. In in other words, international law. With respect to Iran? Yes. We should take an approach with Iran that employs all the resources at the United States' disposal, and that includes diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And he's saying the law is on my side. Okay. Uh, here's another Obama one uh, on education. We want to build state-of-the-art schools with science labs that are teaching our kids the skills they need for the 21st century. To the female voice. To the female voice. You're saying he's uh, he's articulating in reverse speech. To the female voice. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, when you're talking about schools and teaching our kids, who are you talking to primarily? Mothers. True. And in fact, I don't remember where he was when he did this particular speech. It may have been to a group of educators, but. 
primarily the people who take the, the biggest interest in education and children tend to be women. So he's speaking to the female voice. Interesting. And, and again, no hint of, uh, you know, any um, uh, disingenuineness, just uh, these rather interesting, vague, metaphorical statements. Yeah, and th- that's sort of congruent with his speeches, too. They're, they tend to be vague and metaphorical. <laughs> Has anyone used reverse speech on you, or have you used it on yourself? Uh, yes. Yep. I would imagine... I'm always congruent. You are always congruent. I mean, that would be that would be. I mean, is it is that a difficult exercise for someone? I mean, no one wants to. No one not wants to be told that they are being incongruent in their speech. Uh, I, I think I would be very hesitant to undergo this. Really? Why? I don't you know. know. I, I, I have a fear that I may I might not that, like myself afterwards. Here are the fears that people have. They uh, fear they're going to be. Um, discovered to be liars. They fear that some deep, dark secret is going to surface that they don't want people to know about. But when you come for a reverse speech session, this is, this is meant to be therapeutic. So whatever comes up, that's what you deal with. And how do you deal with it? I mean, if you find that you are being incongruent in your reverse speech... How do you how do you how do you deal with that? Well, the, for some people, um, simply hearing their own voice in reverse has an amazing effect. It has a therapeutic effect. It's almost a vibrational shift, if you will. And um, just hearing it is enough to change their behavior. For many people, when they hear it, it's the first time they've even given it a thought. I had a client who um, was a businessman, and um, he'd been quite successful for quite some time, and then suddenly everything just fell apart for him. Nothing was working. Nothing was working. And his speech revealed, his reverse speech revealed that he was self-sabotaging. And it had to do with comments made to him as a child by his parent. And it's followed him throughout his life. And these, those comments were reinforced with the speech reversals. And he had never given that any thought whatsoever. So subliminally, he was running himself down in his reverse speech. Right, right. And he just, just by discovering that, that was enough to help him turn his behaviors around so that he could resume his, his success in his career. Boy, the subconscious mind is so powerful, isn't it? It's amazing. And then the other thing we can do, of course, is uh, the meta walk or, or uh, even just a, a standard hypnotic induction with people to make these changes. All right, listen, we've got uh, oodles more examples of reverse speech uh, to play, including, can't wait to get to these, the, uh, the former head of uh, BP, Tony Hayward, We'll hear what he says, forward and then backwards, and then his successor, Robert Dudley. More to come on The Conspiracy Show. Reverse speech with Wayne Nicholson. My name is Richard Serrett. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations, what goes up must come down. 
and it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. At 12.30 a.m. Eastern, a rare opportunity. I'll open up the phone lines. We'll do a half an hour of open lines. You can ask me uh, anything or make any comment regarding anything you may have heard on the show, something you'd like to hear on the show. Also, I'll take your spine-tingling tales. We haven't done that in a long while. Your encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, the unexplained, the things that make the hairs on the back of your neck, the hackles, we call them, stand on end. That's coming up at 12.30 on The Conspiracy Show right now. We continue along with Wayne Nicholson, the website, thehiddenlanguage.com, www.thehiddenlanguage.com. Before we get to... Um, Messrs. Hayward and Dudley of of uh, BP Oil. Uh, if two people, to me, this would cement it in terms of uh, the the evidence that, that that reverse speech is for real. If two people were to say the exact same thing in forward speech, uh, in the exact same rhythm, cadence, inflection, you name it, would it reveal two? separate reverse speeches for each individual? Yes. It would. Every time. <laughs> that just defies logic, doesn't it? Well, it's because, they're, remember, they're generated by the subconscious. Not many of us are in control of our subconscious, so it's going to say what it wants to say. What if I was reading from a script? In other words, they're not my words. Well, that's a, that's, that's a little... That's interesting. For instance, when you go back to politicians, when they, when they're reading a script, they're using a teleprompter with a pre uh, a pre speech. You find fewer speech reversals because they've rehearsed it so many times. Uh, there's no emotion in it anymore. But when they're talking to the press corps later on, that's where you find your speech reversals because it's more extemporaneous. All right, uh, we mentioned. Uh the uh, the BP oil uh, head uh, Robert Hayward or Tony Hayward and my apologies Tony Hayward uh, let me see if I can find the first clip for him is number uh, sixteen Dan can we this is um, uh, Tony Hayward talking about oil compens or a compensation for oil spill victims this is Tony Hayward create a twenty billion dollar claims fund to compensate the affected parties. FAS, the, the, uh, the acronym, FAS, in the market, which means little to me, but uh, perhaps, Wayne Nicholson, you could shed some light on what that reverse speech might mean. Well, frankly, at first it meant little to me, too. You know, in, uh, in a therapeutic situation, it's not unusual to have a speech reversal that's clear, but doesn't make sense to me. But that's a collaborative effort, so I can speak with the client, and together we can arrive at what the meaning is. Sometimes they know immediately what it's referring to. Um, of course, with a public domain speech like this, you don't have that option. So I did research, and uh, FAS, could relate to the Federal Anti-Monopoly Service in Russia because right around that time they had approved an application from um, a part of the, the BP group 
to buy two companies in the Orenburg region of Russia. And um, this is uh, the, it's, it was called TNK BP, and it's a leading Russian oil company. It's among the top ten privately owned oil companies in the world in terms of crude oil production. And, of course, it's one of BP's companies. And that, that agreement allowed BP to access Russian oil and gas fields. So I'm thinking that while he's talking about this claim fund to compensate the affected parties, his mind may have jumped to the way it's going to be paid. So presumably these assets will allow be allowed BP to create that $20 billion fund. That was such a clear reversal too, probably the clearest we've heard so far, FAS in the market. And as you say, that probably refers to the Russian Federal Anti-Monopoly Service, the FAS. Right. All right, let's, oh, sorry, uh, Wayne, yes. Um, I don't, it may be my phone, but uh, when you play the clips, the volume goes down. I don't know if you could maybe... Dan, are you able to, uh, is that what they call the aux send, Dan, using a little engineering terminology? Can you can you boost that level to uh, to Wayne so he can hear? Okay, for some of them he says he can. All right, well, let's, uh, let's uh, play one more here before we break. And this is from Robert Dudley, who was Tony Hayward's replacement at BP. And, uh, uh, well, tell us about this 17, uh, Wayne. What is this clip? Well, well first of all... Um, Tony Hayward, of course, left under a cloud of um, discontent, both on his part and on the public's part. And uh, Mr. Dudley was presented as a replacement, and he was he was much better received. He presented himself in a less confrontational way, way but you'll see his speech reversals are not all that congruent, and that's very interesting. Uh, his this first one. Um, came at the time when the, the Obama administration was being criticized for allowing BP too much control over the operations. You know that? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, he's, he's just saying in forward that we can begin that top-kill operation tomorrow. In other words, it's a statement of confidence. He wants the public to know that they're on top of things. All right, let's hear 17. We can begin that top-kill operation sometime tomorrow. Mustn't share power. Mustn't share power. Mustn't share power. My word, that's clear as a bell. Mustn't share power. Right. So, hey, uh, so Dudley there is... There was very definitely a power struggle going on between the administration and BP. My word. Mustn't share power. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out. We'll come back and play a few more from Robert Dudley, the head of BP Oil. Wayne Nicholson, my guest... If you've got a question or comment, now that you've uh, heard a little bit about how this reverse speech works, we can entertain those calls as well. Back with more in a moment here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. 
In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Brainwashed in our childhood. Brainwashed by the school. Brainwashed by our teachers. And brainwashed by all the rules. Brainwashed by our leaders. By our kings and queens. Brainwashed in the open. And brainwashed behind the scenes. Live from Toronto, Canada. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Next week on the program, it's going to be a good one. Frank Joseph, who was the former editor of Ancient America magazine, and he has amazing information about America's prehistory. Uh, in fact, the last time he was here, he talked to us about this um, this uh, copper mine uh, on the north shore of Lake uh, Lake Superior. A copper being a, an essential ingredient in, in the uh, making of bronze. And uh, you know, the Bronze Age in Europe, there's there wasn't enough copper in all of Europe to uh, account for uh, the Bronze Age. And he discovered this. Well, he didn't discover, but he writes about this uh, this huge complex mining operation that took place something on the order of 5,000 years ago. And um, it's believed, and this is sort of where we get into the forbidden archaeology, it's believed that the people that were doing the mining over here in North America on the order of 5,000 years ago were the ancient Egyptians and the Minoans and the ancient Greeks. And you say, how could this be? Because keep in mind, not only come over here and, and, uh, and, uh, and mine it, they've got to ship it back. So you're going to hear information from Frank Joseph about this, uh, this part of the world and its prehistory that you won't hear too many other places. That's next week. Right now, uh, Wayne Nicholson stays with us, and uh, we're talking about reverse speech. Before we get back to Robert Dudley, the new head of BP, and some of his reverse speech, uh, if the subconscious mind is being revealed in reverse speech, are we able, even without benefit of hearing the reverse speech played back, just on our subconscious level then, uh, when we hear someone speak, to, to, to get that feeling of, uh, an accurate feeling of whether they're telling us the truth? Yes, yeah. In fact, um, there have been studies with reverse speech where um, converse, forward conversations between two people are recorded and you find that in the forward conversation, one conscious mind's talking to another. The speech reversals, however, demonstrate that the subconscious minds are interacting with each other. One speech reversal for one thing will say, will say something, and then uh, the other person will respond to that in reverse. That's, <laughs> again, that's absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, are you familiar with Karina Kaiser? No, I'm not. Okay, she's uh, another. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure this is, you know, a fairly large uh, and, and emerging. Oh, wait, yes. I'm sorry. A reverse yes. speech um, yes, analyst. Right. I think I spoke to her. She was over in Germany at the time. Right. And um, she hack actually had re uh, analyzed reverse speech from one of the astronauts. I'm trying to remember whether it was um, whether it was John Glenn or Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. That's right. Yes. 
Right. Now, are you familiar with that that uh, that reverse speech yes. example? And, and if I if memory serves, Neil Armstrong was uh, talking about the lunar landing, and his re, and his reverse speech seemed to indicate that they hadn't landed on the moon. What do you make of that? Oh, I was headed somewhere else with this. Oh, okay. Where were you headed? I was well. Uh, my, then what you're talking about may not have been Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong, when he was saying. Um, one step for mankind, you know that speech. Yes. Okay, and in his speech reversal, he says, "Man will spacewalk." Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, which, that's right. And Karina Kaiser took that to mean, well, then oh, I because guess because it was future tense. Future right? tense. We haven't done it yet. Yeah. Interesting. What do you make of it? I, I didn't take it that way. I, I, took it to mean that. It was an affirmation of the future of space travel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's just I guess it's all oh, in the interpretation. Interpretation. Yeah. Let's go back to. You know, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There's a woman in Germany. I don't think it's Karina. I, I, I don't really don't think so. But there's a German reverse speech analyst who has uh, compiled all the uh, the recorded speeches of Hitler. And, of course, it's all in German, and right. she's doing the speech reversals for all of this. That would be interesting. It would be fascinating. Oh, my Lord. German, however, so <laughs> might be a stretch for me. All right, let's go back to our good friend Robert Dudley from BP, and uh, again, talking about uh, you know the efforts to top-kill or contain or cap the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the oil well. Uh, clip number 18, Dan top kill containment that would allow us to again go in diagnose the blowout preventers and take on further engineering work fouled the sun god yeah interesting what is he saying i well it doesn't sound good for the sun god <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I, the, you know, I included this one just because it's, it is a little enigmatic, and um, I, it could be a reference to solar energy in some way. But this is one that, um, hmm. because it's more symbolic, it's hard to actually see a direct correlation with what he's saying forward. Fouled the sun god, and he's talking about... Top it's more an attitude. His subconscious mind is kicked into an attitude. All right. Rather than a specific message. Uh, number 19 is, uh, is interesting. Let's play number 19 from Robert Dudley. Well, the estimates of the well rates have never been BP's estimates. He's saying, apparently, murder in the stair? So is that chilling or what? It is. It is. The estimates of the well rates have never been BP's estimates. And then subconsciously he's saying murder in the stair. There's a conspiracy for you. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have no further information on that. I'll leave it to people's imagination. <laughs> All right. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, let's jump to 21. Again, Robert Dudley, BP Oil. You know, with all of those charges, I'll, um, oh. I kind of want 
Oh. Stop it there, Dan. My apologies. Stop it there. No, that's not uh, uh, Robert Dudley. This is, you were referring to this one earlier, Wayne, uh, where you said sometimes when I asked you whether these could be used in court, and you said, well, yeah. it's not accepted as evidence, but it has been, you, uh, it, it, it does, uh, it is useful in an investigation. And right. here, this is a reversal from an actual court case that you worked on. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell, tell us about this young woman. Well, she's, well, you, you'll hear what she's talking about forward, but um, this was a, a situation. There were five young women who all testified against the teacher. This is an abuse case. Gentleman went to jail. Um, he had been in jail, and as far as I know, he still is in jail, for five years. Every single one of these women has stepped forward and admitted that they lied. The judge would threw it out. He wouldn't take any of it. So the gentleman was, at, at that time, this was about seven months ago, he was still in jail at that time. I haven't heard the outcome of it. In other words, he was falsely accused. Falsely accused, yeah, and they all admitted it, but the judge threw out the evidence. And so this is a young, this is one of the accusers on the stand? Yes. Okay, and here's what she says. Yeah, with all of those charges. I, um, I kind of want to, um, is there any kids besides me, Rosemary, Sandy, and Amber? That was a long one. It was. Make it out. I see. I miss. I. Uh, the forward speech is yeah not included here. What was she saying in forward speech? She says that night we met. He told me that he'll be taking the acid. That's the reverse speech. Yeah. That oh. night we met, he told me that he's taking the acid. And what was she saying in the forward speech? Um, the, um, it was kind of unintelligible there. Yeah, she was talking about um, a group of her friends, and she named a few, few of the people, but it was... Um, <laughs> It was difficult to hear, so I didn't feel bad about okay. including and, this. And so, uh, why was this uh, reverse speech important in the case? The night we met, he told me he's taking the acid. If she's falsely, if she's one of the false accusers of this man who's in prison. Right. What, she's what, not talking about him. She's ah. talking about one, one of her friends. Oh, I see. Okay. So, it just added the, the it, it provided a drug connection to the whole story. Oh, I see. That a drug connection. Okay. All right. Uh, have you... I'm wondering about other historical figures, perhaps other famous criminals, uh, either wrongly or correctly accused of a crime. For example, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot, like uh, someone like Lee Harvey Oswald, and you know, we we, we all remember the uh, mm -hmm. the interview, uh, or, or if we weren't alive at the time, we've seen it on YouTube, where mm -hmm. he's asked during a prison transfer, you know, whether he, uh, you know whether he, he shot Kennedy and, and he, you know, he says, he says, absolutely not. Or I, you know, I had no knowledge of that. Have you ever analyzed any of Oswald's oh, yeah. statements? Um, all of that information is on David Oates sites. Ah, can you share and, a little bit uh, of that's, that's reverse speech.com. My site has hundreds of examples. 
This has thousands of examples. Are you familiar with the analysis on Oswald? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, you know, I don't remember the specific reversals, but um, it definitely pointed to a conspiracy. Ah, interesting. What, uh, if we go to thehiddenlanguage.com, Mm-hmm. Uh, of the hundreds of examples you have there, any famous ones? Oh, yeah, I have a whole section on... Um... Here we are, History in Reverse. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, the, uh, we've got uh, some for- speeches from Sir Winston Churchill, Harry S. Truman, Thomas Edison, Robert F. Kennedy. Right. Interesting. Oh, even some from the Columbine shooting. Okay. And then also we have uh, some celebrity reversals. We have Michael Jackson, Donald Trump, right. Dolly Parton, Phil Spector, Cindy Sheehan, on and on it goes. Terrific. What are the, uh, the business applications here? If, if uh, you're contacted by um, a CEO of a company and he wants his top execs to come to you, what, what are they hoping to achieve and what can you do for them? Well... What I have had is um, I, I work with a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, and uh, most times they they'll they'll come with business ideas, and they're hoping that their reverse their um, their subconscious mind will elucidate, will indicate whether or not this is a good idea, what the, what are the potential pitfalls, and so forth. I also have people who come to me who are investors, and um, in some cases, they will send me an audio of either um, the stockholders meeting or, um, in one case, it was uh, a person interested in investing in a singular individual's invention. And they sent me the audio of him describing this and talking about it in a business meeting. And uh, the the benefit in that particular one is I was able to identify that he was very congruent. In other words, what I couldn't say whether or not the product was good, but I could say that he absolutely believed it was, and there was no there was no incongruency at all. It was very nice to see. After you've been studying this for so long, do you have any thoughts on where the subconscious mind may reside? Is it, in fact, outside the body? Is that a possibility? Well, yeah, absolutely. Where, where in the body would it, would it be? Where would you put it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm just wondering if, yeah. if, if the, the, the reverse speech has indicated to you in some way that it might, in fact, have to reside outside the body, maybe not even within this space-time continuum. For example, are, can the subconscious mind reveal through reverse speech the future? Yes. But with, um, thus far, as far as I know, and in, in talking with other people, reverse speech, it, we look for future tense reversals. In other words, they're spoken in the future tense. And when you find one of them, generally within six months, it will come to be. Whatever's talked about will happen within six months if it's a positive future tense reversal. Beyond six months, then the accuracy rate tends to dwindle. Well, another chilling statement from our guest, Wayne Nicholson, 
a specialist in the field of reverse speech. Back in a moment with perhaps a prescient reverse speech offering from an air traffic controller. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. All right, let's get to this uh, clip from an air traffic controller who's about to predict the immediate future of Flight 93. You're unreadable. Say again slowly. Wow, again, just clear as a bell. You won't make it. This was right before they were... Um... They were contacting the tower, and it was difficult for him to hear. And that's when he said, you're unreadable, say again slowly, but the speech reversal is quite clear. And, and, I mean, the air traffic controller would have no reason necessarily to believe at that early stage in the game, just establishing, trying to establish contact with Flight 93, you're unreadable, say again slowly. Right, right. At that, at that, at that period in time, he didn't know... The, the nature of the problem. But subconsciously he knew, and he's saying, you won't make it. You won't make it. Wow. Again, uh, this alludes to our earlier um, conversation about how prescient prescient these uh, reversals can be. And that um, that's exactly what people look for when they uh, have business questions. They want to know what the future is. Exactly. And that's what they want to talk about. Aside from the people in the, from the business world, who are, not to mention by name, but some of your other clients. Yeah, um, I actually, um, the business folks don't make up the, the, the bulk of my practice. The bulk of my practice is just um, everyday people in various jobs. Um, I do a lot of work with um, creative people. And I think that's probably not a reflection on me. It's just a reflection on them being a little more open-minded, willing to try new things and, and as they try to puzzle out their lives. So um, I've got actors and actresses and, and musical people and artists. And then a lot of just family people who are trying to, you know, improve their family life. Uh, they have concerns for their children. You know, jobs, everything, you know, the everyday concerns that we all have. Let's go to the phones and welcome Wendy from Scarborough. Good morning, Wendy. You're on the line with Wayne Nicholson. Yes. Hi, Wendy. I was just wanting to ask, um, I was wanting to mention, I don't know if um, you're familiar with this part, when John F. Kennedy was shot and killed and assassinated and everything, like when, for example, I think Hubert... Humphrey was behind us, and plus um, Lyndon B. Johnson was also in the conspiracy, is what I want to mention. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering, do you agree with that? 
Well, I'm, I'm trying to recall it now. I know that um, there was a recording done uh, when they were um, uh, television. They were doing the motorcade, watching the motorcade, and at the moment that he was shot, the announcer. Yeah, I mean, that's something to say. His speech reversal indicated that the shot came from another direction. Okay, I was just asking, though, wondering, do you agree with that, though? Agree with what, uh, Wendy? Agree with what? Hubert Humphrey and plus uh, um, the other guy... Lyndon um, Johnson. Well, Wayne, first of all, have you ever analyzed any speeches by Hubert Humphrey that might pertain to the JFK assassination? No, no. No, I, I really can't. I don't have an opinion on that. No, that's why I'm asking, because I feel that there was a conspiracy in terms of uh, why John F. Kennedy was killed, you know? Well, um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure that uh, Lyndon Johnson's reverse speech would just be full of, uh, of interesting little uh, tidbits. Wendy, thank you for the call. Uh, do you have a... F- a favorite, I don't know if favorite is the right word, but a uh, let's say a, 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 a past president, Wayne, that you found his reverse speeches to be the most intriguing, not necessarily incongruent, but just full of interesting little revelations about the subconscious mind of that individual. You're taxing me. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look and see what we have here. Remind uh, listeners that uh, Wayne's website is www.thehiddenlanguage.com. Uh, I've got um, Thomas Edison and, um, well, Robert Kennedy, of course. Right, right. But, uh, and uh, Harry Truman. When, you know, he was criticized around the world for his decision to drop the atom, atomic bomb. Sure. And um, many people felt that um, he was unrepentant and um, was a little bit cold about that. But there's a speech reversal on my website where he talks about when he first made the announcement about the bomb being, being dropped, his speech reversal was sad bear's dilemma. He was the sad bear. And whether or not to drop the bomb was his dilemma. And you can feel, you can hear the pain in this voice in that speech reversal. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's go to uh, clip 23, Dan. And this is one of your former clients, I believe, uh, yeah. uh, Wayne. This is a woman who's defining her role within her marriage, I believe? Yeah, just thinking things through, you know. Um, they've been married for 19 years. She says she's been married for 19 years to a good man. But her speech reverse, reversal um, sort of def- Belies that reveals fact. what her feelings were about her role in that marriage. All right, Dan, 23, please. I've been married for 19 years. To, to a good man. I am the ghost. I am the ghost. I am the ghost. I am the ghost. 
Wow, that uh, that's about, uh, obviously that says uh, a great deal about how she really feels about her position. She's lost herself essentially in the in the marriage, and she hadn't consciously consciously given thought to this until she heard that speech reversal. It sounds like this client this was done by phone. It sounds like she yeah, was over the phone. Um, most of my clients are by phone. How do they do? Uh, if someone listening wants to get in contact with you, I mean, how does this work? How do how do they set this up? Well, they can email me at uh, wayne at thehiddenlanguage.com. Uh, they can link from my website. Um, there's a newsletter they can sign up for as well. Um, also, uh, my phone number is, is on the site. They can call. And then we set up a time for their initial discussion. I, I, I suggest to people that they give some thought to what they want to talk about, but they, do not rever- that they don't rehearse it because we want everything to be very... Casual. And do they reveal to you beforehand what it is that they tr- they want to they want to know about uh, themselves revealed in the reverse speech, or do they keep it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually they will. They'll explain what why they've come and what they're looking for. And then, do you have a specific sort of list of questions that you ask them, or do you just carry on a conversation and see what comes out? Well, m- my role is is sort of funny because, and, and it's it's a little bit like hypnosis. Uh, when people come for a hypnosis session, they take great pains to describe and tell me all the, what the problem is and everything. And um, I listen very attentively, but frankly, I don't care what they're saying because that's their conscious mind. I wait until I get them to hypnosis, into hypnosis. Then I speak to the subconscious mind and we find out what the problem really is. And it's, it's similar with reverse speech. But when you're doing it on the phone, by phone, obviously they're not under hypnosis, correct? No, no. But um, my job is I'm sort of a fisherman. I'm fishing for speech reversals. So in a way, I'm not really that concerned about what they're saying forward. Right. So after they so get I'm off... I'm more interested in the emotional content. And um, so I will prompt people to to make the... You know, if if they identify one issue, I will prompt them to make sure that their forward speech sticks to that issue. I see. This way we'll get speech reversals that are relevant. And so if someone makes an appointment with you and and it's over the phone, how long will they speak to you? Um, Well, they can speak, um, there's a a sliding scale. There's a 15-minute session. Uh, Most people uh, take the half-hour session. And then how long does it take for you to get back to them with the results? Oh, I'll um, I'll speak to them on the phone for a half hour. Um, of course, I'm taping the conversation, and then depending on my schedule, how busy my schedule is, I'll get them. I'll get back to them within three three days to a week. With a pre, you know, we'll have a prearranged schedule, and we'll get back. I'll present the speech reversals to them and play them, and then we discuss it. And then when they're done. Uh, they get a CD with uh, the initial discussion, all of the individual speech reversals, plus the follow-up discussion, plus they get a written transcript. So they have a nice little package that they can uh, reference in the future. If someone reveals in the reverse speech that they are actually quite ill, do you let them know about that? Richard, whatever, if there's a clear speech reversal, I report it, regardless of what it is. That's my job. Hey, does that happen, where people are actually, they don't know they're quite ill, but the reverse speech tells them that they are? 
tough one to answer. Generally, when they bring, you know, usually when that happens, they do have an, they have a feeling. They may not have the diagnosis, but they'll have a feeling, and you see that most often with cancer. Hmm. They'll know something's wrong, and then that, you know, and then that word shows up in their speech reversal, and then of course they're counseled to go talk to a doctor. I don't diagnose. I just I report. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next. I think this is another client session. This is clip twenty four. This is a woman's un- unconscious is asking her family to step up and be more aggressively supportive. Tell me a yeah. little bit more about this. Well, she's in the forward speech. She's actually talking. She, her issue is loneliness, and she's talking about um, it's fun to see her friends. She doesn't see them very often. But in the in the the background story here, it's an issue with her family. And her speech reversal says, "I'm asking our family for their animus. Animus is the masculine principle, the principle, the protector. So she's asking her family to step up and be more supportive. That's correct. All right, let's hear this clip number twenty-four, Dan. I mean, I don't see my friend Ken very often, but when I do, it's fun. That's pretty clear when you slow it right down. I'm asking our family for their anima. So, yeah. in other words, she wants her family to be more supportive. Mm-hmm. And this prompted her to actually voice that desire. She hadn't up until that point. This is fascinating. Uh... Have you ever been personally bowled over or shocked by a particular reversal from a client? Um, <laughs> sometimes you'll get a client who's very prim and proper, and their speech reversals are absolutely foul. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, and it's language they would never think of using, you know, but um, underneath that um, civilized exterior you know there's a subconscious mind that's just boiling it's interesting to see what do you think uh uh sigmund freud would have made of all this i mean obviously he was very uh, and carl jung both of them absolutely intrigued by the the subconscious mind Uh, i'm sure they would have loved to have had this tool at their disposal did they ever hint at this i can't you know i can't speak to freud that much but carl jung Our subconscious mind runs these movies constantly. And in reverse speech, we find a lot of symbolic imagery that duplicates what Carl Jung's work. A lot of the same symbols come up. Mm. We have, you know, we get a lot, you get a lot of imagery having to do with King Arthur and, and that whole mythology. And it's not because it's part of the individual's conscious mind, but it seems to be a part of the culture, the group consciousness of our culture. Interesting, interesting. If if someone is talking in their sleep, isn't that already the subconscious mind speaking? I mean, do you have to reverse that? And it, what happens if you do reverse sleep talking? I would like to. You know, I never have, though. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Hmm. 
All right, Wayne, there's a project for you. <laughs> there you go. Wayne, always... So now, I want you to start taping yourself when you're talking in your sleep. <laughs> and then send it over to me. <laughs> I, to my knowledge, I'm not, uh, or the mighty Aphrodite's. I don't think I am a sleep uh, talker, but I, I have a sister that's uh, uh, walks, talks, uh, just about does everything, but operate a vehicle in her sleep. So okay, she'd be, she'd be a subject right there. <laughs> Wayne, always <laughs> fascinating. Again, the website, thehiddenlanguage.com, and they can uh, they can get a, a hold of you there for a session. They can also subscribe to the newsletter. How often does the newsletter come out? I do not hammer people with spam. It comes out about five times a year. Five times a year. Yep. Terrific. And again, the website, thehiddenlanguage.com. Wayne, always a pleasure. Thanks for this. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank Have you. Have a good night. Same to you. Good night. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, phone lines are open for your spine-tingling tales. Or if you've got uh, a question, comment about something that you've heard previously on the program and you weren't able to get through, now is your opportunity. Now until 1 a.m. Eastern here on The Conspiracy Show. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Just checking the schedule here for uh, upcoming shows, and I already mentioned uh, Frank Joseph is uh, coming up, former editor of Ancient America magazine. And uh, he has a new book out on uh, on uh, 2012, but uh, um, he'll be good to talk about uh, many other things pertaining to North America's uh, prehistory or uh, prior to uh, Columbus and uh, his arrival. Uh, but I see here uh, on the 12th, the uh, return of Victor Vigiani, he'll be here. And uh, we'll talk uh, UFOs for the full two hours and disclosure. But on the 19th, Wayne Madsen... Wayne Madsen, uh, interesting investigative uh, writer, researcher. He's going to tell us about uh, Obama's family, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama and his family and their uh, CIA connections. That should be interesting. And then on the 26th of September, remote viewer Douglas James Cottrell returns to the show and uh, he'll talk about uh, earth changes and also... Uh, reports he's hearing from uh, from people and their prescient dreams uh, relating to uh, earth changes. You know, when enough people start having the same dreams about uh, the same dream regarding earthquakes and that sort of thing, you have to really stand up and take notice. And uh, Douglas uh, pays close attention to that sort of thing. Here's a rather... Harrowing headline, Top Economists, The Second Great Depression Has Arrived. David Rosenberg, market guru, has officially declared that the U.S. economy is in a state of depression, and he sees the economic superpower's woes worsening. On the heels of that bleak forecast, the statistics for existing home sales for July were released, and the numbers were ugly. 
The weak housing market collapsed, reflecting the worst slump in American history. Existing housing sales had plummeted a stunning 27%, and there's no sign on the horizon that sales will stabilize any time soon. The bottom line, argues Rosenberg and others, the U.S. economy has collapsed into another Great Depression. Citing the period from 1929 to 1932 and the eerie similarities, Rosenberg said, we may well be reliving history here. If you're keeping score, we have recorded four quarterly advances in real GDP and the average is only 3%. The same happened during the early 30s stock market rebound of 50% after the 1929 crash. Remember, the Great Depression followed the brief economic upswing. As long as two years ago, one of Britain's top economists predicted a decade-long depression. $45 trillion in debt, defaults, and unemployment in the U.S. and U.K. approaching 25% or higher. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. And toll-free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. 1-866-740-4740. Open lines till 1 a.m. Spine-tingling tales, if you got them. Bruce is in West Hill. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, Richard. Is that uh, West Hill as in uh, uh, Scarborough? Scarborough. There we are. Yes. Nice like neighborhood. To, we like, still like to call it West Hill rather than Highland Creek or, or Scarborough. You know? I like that when, uh, when little communities retain their identity. You know, I, I mentioned the Winona Peach Festival. There is no more Winona uh, officially. It's all part of, you know, Greater Hamilton. But the, the good people of Winona will have none of it. They are <laughs> Winona. So good well, for you. Well, good. I, what the heck? It's like the beaches and the beach, the, the big argument about that, but they kept, at least they got something going on down there, don't they? And Indeed they do. So, what's going on out in West Hill, Bruce? Anyhow, no, I just, uh, I, I, I listen to your show faithfully every week. I met you in person one time, we won't go into the details, but one of your shows that uh, I happened to call in, I won a contest, and I got to go to one of your shows, and... Uh, Anyhow, like I say, I enjoy them all. This particular guest you had tonight, I just like, uh, facetiously, I guess, I would like to ask him if, uh, the way he answered all your questions, I'd like to know if maybe every time my wife berates me or gives me uh, a bit of, you know, that I'm, I'm in trouble and this and that, does that really mean that she means the opposite? <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out, I guess, and that's somehow to get her voice <laughs> I, on I tape. Call him and make an appointment for or yes, or fifteen I, I, minutes now, or half an hour. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't, uh, in all good conscience, uh, conscience uh, advise this, uh, Bruce. But if you ever were to get her on tape, for example, uh-huh. then you could send it in somewhat surreptitiously, <laughs> and uh, and have him. Uh, Analyze it. I don't know if that'd be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, the, the, because the, the, you know the it, wouldn't it be disappointing if you found that in reverse she was giving you heck too? Oh, holy mackerel! <laughs> well, that's ex- <laughs> that's exactly what I'm kind of saying. This particular guest that you had tonight, he, he didn't seem to answer any questions, and I'm being very honest. That's again, that's my opinion. So I'm not putting you on the spot. So yeah, you have to say anything. But uh, he didn't seem to answer uh, too many of the questions in that regard, you know. Oh, uh, well, in my opinion, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, well, sometimes I ask, 
difficult questions. Maybe that was part of the you answer. You do, yes, you do. <laughs> Anyhow, Richard, pleasure talking to you again. Bruce, thank you for uh, for your support and uh, your loyal listening. Thank Have you. a good evening. Bye-bye. Arthur is in Toronto. Arthur, good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind, Arthur? Well, I was telling the, uh, the uh, we call for receptionist. No, it's our uh, technical producer, Dan. What were you telling Dan, and what did you want to tell me? lady on the phone, what do you call, what's her position? The lady on the phone? Yeah, that's what you want to talk about or whatever. Yeah, that was Dan, Dan Ellison, our technical producer. Oh, I was asking her. Him, him. (laughs) It's a he, uh, Arthur. Well, he, oh, I can hear (laughs) (laughs) If she could or he could ask you the question, what do you or others think are the main objections to Jehovah's Witnesses? What do I think of the main objections to Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes. Well, um, I, uh, I don't, I have to say in all honesty that I, I don't understand uh, or have a, a, enough knowledge uh, of the Jehovah Witness uh, faith to actually, you know, I'm not, uh, not going to throw stones at another mm-hmm. religion until I understand. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm guessing uh, one that comes up more, most often would be the objection to blood transfusions. Yes. Are you a Jehovah's Witness, Arthur? No. No. Okay. Well, um, I can understand. I can understand their viewpoint of it, though. Yeah. Well, I know that. Uh, I know that a lot of people have trouble sort of wrapping their head around uh, why you would refuse someone or why you would refuse a blood transfusion if it could save your life. But again, I would need to understand. Uh, you know the the the, the precepts or uh, the, yeah. the the faith a little bit more before I were to to judge that. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, my first impression is, wow, that one's uh, yeah, that seems, one's a difficult one. I don't understand why someone would do that. Yeah, it seems cruel. I mean, thousands of people, especially children, that die from not having blood. But of course, they're going to what the Bible says: abstain from blood. It's God's law not to take in another person's blood. Right. It might right. seem stupid and silly. Well, they try to follow what God says. Sure, and um, uh, you know, I have a, uh, I, I know someone who's a doctor, mm-hmm. and uh, they actually had a, uh, uh, a patient come in, and this patient was a Jehovah's Witness. They were unconscious, and mm-hmm. uh, the other doctors in the hospital were saying this person needs a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the even the family, um, I think. Uh, acquiesced and said, yes, give this person a blood transfusion, but it was put on the patient's record. They did not want one. I guess they they had sort of a living type of will, and they said, in the event that I'm incapacitated or can't communicate, do not give me a blood transfusion. And the doctor respected that uh, against the wishes of her colleagues, and the person came out of it and uh, woke up and said, tell me you didn't give me a blood transfusion. And uh, my friend, the doctor, said was happy to be able to to tell this person no we waited it out and i didn't have to give you one so yeah i've heard of cases like that many people have survived without having a blood transfusion but Mm -hmm. they don't publicize that too much fair enough arthur thank you for the call thank you all right 416-360-0740 in toronto and toll free from thunder bay to the carolinas and maine to minnesota 1-866-740- 4740 back with the conspiracy show if you've got a spine tingling tale i'd love to hear it 416-360-0740 
Hard to beat, though, our conversation last week with Bishop Sean Manchester, a real-life vampire hunter. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. I've been uh, teasing you for months and months about uh, my television project, also called The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, I can tell you that uh, we are uh, ready to make an announcement. I can't make it tonight, but I can tell you it's good news. I can tell you that The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett is coming to television. It's coming soon. Uh, And that's it. That's all I can tell you. Uh, But uh, we're going to be heading into production very soon in order to deliver the episodes on time. And uh, with that in mind, I'm actually going to be interviewing uh, uh, tomorrow a a time traveler who happens to be uh, in town. I was uh, telling uh, George Genescu this uh, before my show started as he was getting ready to leave. He, the uh, legendary host of Big Band Sunday Night, and he jokingly said, well, when is the interview taking place? And, of course, I played along. I said, well, last week it already took. <laughs> anyway, I will be re- uh, interviewing Duncan Cameron. Uh, for those of you who follow the legend, the lore of the Philadelphia Experiment, the USS Eldridge, back in uh, 1943, I believe, was experimenting with some sort of cloaking device off the coast of Long Island, And uh, the rumor has it that there were some Tesla coils on board. The idea was that this thing was simply going to be invisible to radar, not actually dematerialized, but that's exactly what it uh, did, apparently. It flitted in and out of a physical existence uh, and was actually seen a few minutes later off the coast of Virginia. And when it rematerialized some horrible things that happened. Some of the crew on board the USS Eldridge actually materialized half in and half out of the the bulkheads. Uh, Others suffered horrible burns. Others were just simply never the same again. Uh, Duncan Cameron uh, claims that he was on board the USS Eldridge along with with his brother, Al Belak. So... Duncan Cameron and I are going to sit down and have a chat tomorrow on camera, and this will uh, air sometime in the not-so-distant future on the Conspiracy Show television program. And again, there will be an announcement soon, we hope, as soon as all the I's get dotted and T's are crossed, and, you know, they call that lawyering and papering and so forth. Uh, Murray is in Thornhill. Hello, Murray. Yes. uh, Hi, Richard. Welcome. Um... You had mentioned on the show that uh, Frank Joseph is going to be on next week. Yes. And uh, I have a book that he's written. Uh, it's about synchronicity. Oh. It's a fantastic book. So I thought uh, you might get him on at a later date and uh, have him talk about that uh, subject. Well, I, 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 I'm planning on having Frank on for the probably the full two hours, and we can cover a, you know, a lot of ground. Uh, I'm not familiar with that uh, that book because when I think of Frank Joseph, I think of ancient America and and forbidden archaeology and uh, and uh, so here he is. It's the same Frank Joseph, is it? Yes, it is. Interesting. Um, 
Uh, he's also written about Atlantis as well. I think he's written a book about that too. He's written a, f- a yes. few books. Yes. But uh, the one I have is on synchronicity, and it's a fabulous book. So if you can talk to him about that or get him on at a separate time, uh, that would be great. I'd love to. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah, Frank maybe should be one of those people I have on a, a lot more often. And synchronicity, that is, that's one of my favorite topics. I yeah, mean, me too. Have you, have you um, personally had an experience with something that was uh, just, you couldn't explain it? I mean, the synchronicity involved or what? It, I mean, I don't, I don't use the word coincidence uh, on purpose. I mean, I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. But have you had an experience? I... Uh... I, I have them all the time. I think um, also when you when you talk to him, he'll notice that in the book, he writes about uh, how people who do a lot of meditation have a lot of synchronicity, uh, and I meditate every day. So uh, I think you'll find that uh, that when he talks about that, he'll he'll mention that as well. Okay, we'll do, Murray. Thank you for the heads up on that. You're very welcome. Good to talk to you in Thornhill. I um I think. What synchronicity is, is it's what I guess what it takes is just you just have to pay attention. I think synchronicity happens around you all the time. And if you just slow down and listen and pay attention, you know, people come in and out of your lives all the time, uh, you know, like bellhops at a hotel. Uh, But if you I think people come into your life for a reason, even if it's seemingly inconsequential, pay attention. And then remember that person coming into your life. And sort of you, if you connect the dots, you'll say, wow, that's why that person was in my life at that particular time. It didn't make sense at the time. That's synchronicity. You know, there are gifts being given to you every day, and sometimes you don't recognize them as such. Preparing you for a future event or uh, giving you what you need, even though you didn't understand it. You were given what you needed at that particular time. Maybe it's not what you wanted, but it's what you needed. That's synchronicity, too. Patty's in New York. Good morning, Patty. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Good to talk to you. What's on um, your mind? I was I was wondering about um, the speaker that you had on, Mr. Nichols. Wayne Nicholson, yes, reverse Wayne speech. Nicholson. What do you make of that? Interesting, I thought. Um, my thought was, can we do that with dogs, you know? Like when they bark, can you find <laughs> out like what's going through their mind? Uh, the well, offhand, Patty, I think the problem would be that uh, I mean we would have to be able to recognize the language, either forward or backwards, for us to make any sense out of the the reverse speech. Uh, right. And until we're able to, I guess, identify what particular dog sounds really mean, and that would be a tall order. I don't but, know that would reverse speech would work. On a dog. I'm wondering what would it work on a parrot? <laughs> a parrot is just mimicking, but a, so I, I, I don't. A dog knows certain words that are what what we use. Yes, they do recognize. How much do they know? How much do they pick up that we don't know? Right, right. How much would um, be in their reverse speech as how much? Because sometimes I think they know what we're talking about. <laughs> they really do, and I just think that if we could hear. What the reverse speech is, maybe it's something that we would recognize. Uh, you might be right, Patty. It's interesting. I guess the other, uh, the, the quicker option might be just to go to a, uh, a pet psychic and find out what the what the dog is really thinking. Have you ever? Yes. Do you have a dog? I do. 
And have you ever uh, have you ever employed a pet psychic? No, <laughs> no I haven't. No, I'll it's tell you what. I'll, 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 it's I'll, just a thought when you were talking about politicians and you know, and little babies that could barely talk. I thought, what about our animals? That'd be so neat. To find right. out what what they're thinking. Well. You know what I'll do is uh, one of these days I will get a, a, a pet psychic. I know a few pretty good ones, and um, when uh, when I get them on, you should call in Patty and have your dog in the room. I will. All right. Thanks for calling <laughs> Thanks. from New York. The thing about uh, dogs, of course, is that they're, you know, any animal would be incapable, I would think, of a lie. So there would be no, in- assuming we could understand their forward and their backward speech, there would be no incongruence. Uh, but the thing, the other thing about dogs is, as you know, many of you who are dog uh, lovers, they're just, they're emotion. That's all they are. They're pure emotion. And I would imagine that emotion would come forward, uh, come through in forward speech, reverse speech, what have you. They just, you know, there's, there's no guile with a dog. They're totally transparent. What you see is what you get. When they're happy, they let you know. When they're not happy with you, uh, much the same with uh, with small children, I find. <laughs> In fact, I got to tell you, uh, stop me if I share too much w- uh, regarding the twins. But um, just as an example, my uh, my other son Zachary uh, said to his grandmother, keeping in mind he's three and a half, uh, he said to my uh, my mother, who, his grandmother, he says, "You're getting old," and she said, "Yes, I am," and. Uh, uh, I, I think it was my wife that sort of wanted to sort of gently, you know, uh, felt kind of awkward about it and said, Zachary. And he said, well, she is. Look at her. <laughs> and, of course, my mother took no offense. Logan is in Mississauga. Good morning, Logan. Hi. Hi there. Hi. I was listening to the uh, your guest tonight all the way up from Muskoka on my drive home. Um, glad we could keep you company. Hmm? I say I'm glad we could keep you company on the trek home from cottage country. Oh, thanks. Um, he was saying something about, uh, or when you asked him if two different people said the exact same things, that their back or their backwards tracks would, uh... The reverse speech. Yeah, he said the reverse speech speech. would be different. Yeah, I've actually seen, uh, an example on YouTube where someone takes the, uh, for example, the, uh, Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven track. Yes. Famous backwards tracks in it. Right? Right. Okay. Uh, the... This person took the backwards tracks and showed the example on his video, and then he actually took a recording of his own voice and then played it backwards, and it sounded exactly the same as the uh, original backwards track. Right, which seemingly contradicts what Wayne Nicholson was saying. But in this case, though, these are... These are somebody else's words, right? That if you're you're reciting a a musical, like a lyric, that would be someone else's word. Um... I mean, he, he made the distinction between uh, examples of reverse speech, which you can actually, you can plan to say something in forward speech and that you're guaranteed to get a, a reverse speech uh, example out of it. It, it. But it's not necessarily in context to the reverse speech, which is or into the forward speech. That's the distinction between a legitimate reverse speech which comes from the subconscious mind and something that you could actually sort of fabricate just by structuring words in a certain way and, and you tell someone, here, read this sentence, and then when you play it backwards, you're going to get the same message. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see the reasoning in that. All right, Logan, thanks for the call from Mississauga. All right, thank you very much. Dan, do I owe you a break?
Let's, no? Okay, I'll just keep yakking here. I thought I owed you a break. Give me a break. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to uh, also, I mentioned the, uh, the upcoming TV show, and uh, there will be an announcement coming soon. It's, I tell you, getting a television show off the ground is just a Herculean effort, and I wouldn't be anywhere uh, close to accomplishing that if it weren't for the, some of the amazing people that I'm, uh, that I'm working with. So we're very excited about it. And uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is I, uh, this past spring, I guess, I was asked to actually participate as a semi-regular a contributor for a new TV series. It's going to be airing on the Animal Planet, uh, which is uh, part of the Discovery uh, family of channels, Animal Planet. And uh, the program is called Freak Encounters. And this is a, the, the show is a, an investigation into some of the legends and supposed sightings of uh, mysterious creatures, uh, the Mothman and werewolves and sea monsters and lizard people and, and all of that. And the series debuts on, I believe it's October the 5th, 2010, October the 5th, 2010, it's called Freak Encounters, and from time to time, you'll find yours truly wagging his tongue on that show. I did uh, three episodes, actually. One was on werewolves, one was on uh, the lizard man, and uh, the other one was on, uh, let's see, what? what oh, the Mothman, the Mothman. So, look for uh, yours truly on Freak Encounters sometime this fall. What else can I share with you? Oh, Strange Planet. The um, the second CD is coming out sometime this fall. You can actually uh, purchase Strange Planet with Richard Serrett, Volume 1 at The Conspiracy Show on Queen Street uh, West in Toronto, 1696 Queen Street West. And I get a lot of uh, emails asking, when is the second one coming out? So sometime this fall, I wish I could be more precise. This The, uh, the Strange Planet feature actually runs on the radio station three or four times a week here. It's, uh, if you don't know, it's sort of a three or four minute version of the, of the, the two-hour radio show. Look at it as a little three or four minute vignette. And it's called Strange Planet. And it airs here on AM 740 Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights at 7.30. And I think once more on Friday afternoons. But I, Dan, do you know, is it like, we don't know what time. Earlier in the day. Uh, but uh, last year I put together some of my favorites over the years and compiled them onto uh, a CD, Volume 1. You can also uh, download Strange Planet episodes or buy the whole electronic CD, if you will, online. And again, that's richardserrett.com, www.richardserrett.com. But uh, Strange Planet Volume 2 uh, coming your way soon, and uh, we'll get that into the uh, the conspiracy culture and... Uh, Maybe I'll arrange with Patrick to come on down and uh, when we unveil it and sign a few copies. All right, that is it uh, for me. We're going to dim the lights and uh, head on home. My thanks to Dan Ellison for technical production. Don't forget, next week on the show, from Ancient America magazine, Frank Joseph. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark speak in the light and what I say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over Aphrodite I'm coming home good night
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.